Mr. Grow It from the Stash Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Do you want to get your hands on the latest From the Stash merch? Check the links below, get the From the Stash store, and go check to see the latest drop. We appreciate all the support, as always, and we will check you in the next epi. A huge shout out to AC Infinity. They recently released their humidifier. This is an easy top fill system that allows you to adjust the moisture levels from the outside of your tent. It connects to the controller 69, which makes things so much easier to use. You can follow it on your app. You can see it from outside the tent without ever having to step inside. If you head over to acinfinity.com, use promo code THESTASH15, you can save a few dollars off not only the humidifier, but all of their products. And while you're at it, thank them for being a sponsor of today's video. It's funny, speaking of travel, so the last travel we did uh, to LA, I ended up kind of letting, you know, the guard to be taking care of other people, right? You know, but I never think about the fact that other people also grow plants outside. And so I ran into an issue more recently where I found some PM, some powdery mildew in my flower room. So I straight went in there and terminated this shit, killed everything. I even killed off my veg plants. I know it sounds crazy. Headbanger's gone. It's gone. But I had to well, do it, man. I, bro, I, right now, I, like in, in our time, in our life, we are fucking busy, bro. And to go through trying to, and you can, especially in veg, you know, you can rebound. You know, you can get yourself through that. But boy. This is going to take time, effort, and energy on top of all that extra stuff or all the other stuff that we're already putting in the garden. You know, man, a, a proper IPM can go a long, long way. What do you, Chris, what do you do for an IPM? I don't think I've ever asked you this. Anything uh, regular? Uh, yeah, just, yeah, I feel like we've talked about this before, but uh, yeah, I'll go into the IPM routine. We'll, we'll get into it. Uh, yellow stickies. Uh, I feel like that's a must mm. on all of my plants nowadays is to put the yellow stickies. That is a form of preventative, right? Um, sprays. I've been doing essential oil sprays, rosemary, peppermint. Um, those are two, kind of the two main ones that I've been going to recently. You can also do like lavender and there's other ones that you can use, but I usually do like 32 ounces of water, just a little smidge of Dr. Bronner soap as a surfactant. And then like five drops of either peppermint or rosemary or whatever I'm using at the time. So I'll spray that. Neem oil gets sprayed once in a while in my garden. Typically every week I'll do a spray. Every week, week and a half. I haven't been doing sprays. For many, many years I didn't do sprays. Most recently I have been going back to these sprays as a preventative. Because as those of you who have been tuning into my garden recently know that my last grow I had fungus gnats. And uh, they are a pain in the ass to battle and so uh yeah i'm just trying to incorporate more and more ipm type stuff but yeah just i actually <laughs> i don't go directly outdoors indoors that's a common tip that people talk about right um i also clean the grow room between grows and also when i flip the flowers sometimes i do a cleaning of my grow, grow room as well so those are just some things i can think of off the top of my head which is like ipm things i do to prevent pests well, I jumped in midway through because my kids are out there breaking shit again. But, uh, you know, when it comes to IPM, for me, what I'm realizing, obviously, cleanliness is the biggest thing. But preventative measures is is got to be first and foremost, man. Because I know people who've never, ever ran into shit in 10 years of growing. They've never ran into shit. But I also have never been to their garden. I don't let anybody in that motherfucker. Just them. So it's like, and those are the ones who are a little over paranoid. But I kind of understand 
for that exact reason. You know, anybody could be outside in nature and bring something in with them and not realize it. And especially if you're dealing with like a female or a person with long hair and stuff's in their hair and they go into the garden or their clothing. You know, the issue I have is my mom goes to a community garden. She has, you know, plants in there and she deals with stuff there and outside too. And then when I was gone, she's my patient. So I said, hey, can you take care of business for me here? She's not thinking anything of it because why would she? She cleaned, she changed her shirt. You know, everything should be good. But at some point, some cross-contamination can happen because that preventative measure wasn't put in place in terms of not letting people go in there or making sure that, you know, hairnet on or something. You go into a lot of commercial grows and you'll see hairnets on people and they're wearing scrubs and stuff because you really got to make sure you don't contaminate the garden at all. Once it's there, that's when you got to get things like potentially sprays or, um, you know, if it's if it's IPM, yeah, it's going to deal with more of a some sort of actual spray or like wettable sulfur or I've seen people use like uh, sulfur burners too, but I'm not a huge fan of of going that route. You guys have only yeah, I've only seen the sulfur burn as a a it, it as, as a reactionary, uh, not as a preventative. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Doggo the Hut did a sulfur burn a few years back in his greenhouse and completely gassed the thing out. Um, is one example. Uh, I, I actually spray quite regularly as a, as an IPM. Um, I do, uh, only about every three weeks and I alternate between rosemary, peppermint and neem oil. Um, neem oil, in my opinion, I just want to touch on it because when people hear that, they start screaming. Uh, or they, they think that it's just the worst substance ever, and it it's it, it leads to hypermesis uh, syndrome or camp, can, cannabis allergic hypermesis to weed syndrome. syndrome. Yeah, um, and essentially that that allergic to weed syndrome is essentially an an, an abundance or an intoxicate uh, an um, oh shit, help me out here. It's it's a an abundance of the neem oil in your system. I don't know how to, yeah, I don't know like the actual term Allegedly, for but some of that I've been seeing as being one of those like cause and effect. They're kind of, uh, well, it, it, the science is, the science is there. Uh, it's, it, been it, debunked. It, it's yeah, the, it's kind of debunked. So this is one of those ones that's like been put out there is, is the, I feel like the assumption was that it was this versus the actual science behind it being this, it was more just discussed as it wasn't a full controlled test, but people ran with this, just like people run with 48 hours of darkness. 100%. People run with a the, lot of the, the crazy bro science things. Intoxication to pesticides is is an issue. Um, yeah. and, and there's there's plenty of science to uh, a point to the idea that people are being poisoned by their product, and it's because of pesticides. And neem oil gets lumped into that because of this this running with this cannabis hypermesis syndrome um and so and and, and there's a and there's so many other variables uh when it comes to this allergic to weed syndrome if you will uh but anyways I, I digress so when i touch on neem it's important that you use it like anything properly you don't use any pesticide or anything in flour I, and I don't care what the product says. There, like I honestly don't. I don't. I wear a tinfoil hat around this. There are products out there that 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 claim that you can use their product through flour without any kind of without any kind of negative repercussion. I I I disagree with that, and I don't understand how anyone can get away with that. But I'm just a, I'm just a grunt. Um, so between 
Pe uh, peppermint, neem, and rosemary. I alternate between the three approximately every three weeks. I'll do a full plant spray. Um, in the chat, I wonder, uh, Cortez1975 asks, what about a diffuser in the tent uh, to, to, to use it with peppermint oil? Uh, and, and if you're, I 100% think that's a great idea as long as you're in veg and you don't run it all the time. You know, the problem with bugs is that they, they become immune to things and they can become very immune to your peppermint oil, your rosemary and your neem. If you don't alternate and if you're using them all the time, you know, that's an issue. So don't do that. Um, but you know, every three weeks or so, that's when I do my spray. Maybe if you alternated and used a diffuse system, yeah, that would work as well. But just keep those that that in mind. Yeah, yeah. There was actually just randomly as we're sitting here, talking our shite. There was a uh, Dr. Ian Michael actually was talking about basically. This is another one of those assumptions that science does, and then headlines are out there and people run with it, but the similar similarities of the symptoms from CHS and neem oil poisoning, so to speak, is why the assumption was there that this is what it was. There was no actual cause and effect. It was just the assumption that because the same nausea and sickness that people would get was the same there, that this was the cause. So this is like another bro science thing where somehow it's worked its way into our community and people believe it, but Hey, THC is high in man. the commercial field. THC runs everything. So some, not everybody's right. We're learning. And the best thing is to know as you're going to learn the actual science and the actual facts, which is why hats off to Chris for actually doing the formal education to, to learn more stuff because science, even what he's learned now can evolve. And that's the, the beauty of all of us. I feel like in this community is we realize that science changes. Science isn't static, you know? And as we learn more ways to, to be clean in our gardens or to make sure our plants are healthy, we got to make sure that we, we, we follow the debunked theories and myths and we actually go with real science so we don't end up really hurting ourselves or hurting our patients if you're a caregiver. Because cleanliness is key in the garden for sure. But once that issue comes up, what do you do to attack it? I've got a buddy who swears by Eagle 20. That's another one that's been linked to a lot of uh, bad things there. I heard it's got carcinogens and, and it stays in your plant all the way through, even after you clone it. And that's allegedly what I heard. And that was for powdery mildew. In Michigan, we had a little outbreak in certain sectors, I feel, with PM heavily. So it's tough when you, you look at regional ways to attack things, when you look at the actual science and then bro science and how you're going to use the application in your individual garden, because there's so many variables. You, know, you could do... The natural way you could do the chemical pesticide you could do uh like i did and just kill everything it really depends man time is the reason why in that case i end up killing everything you're gonna let me mute my phone you're gonna delay your your results by fighting and combating every harvest trying to get out of this shit and i did it for a while with mites where it's like damn i still have them son of a bitch thought it was gone and it's building backwards and i'm doing that too many ways in my life right now i'm not doing it in the garden so you got to know if the juice is worth the squeeze, if you want to go full IPM or if you want to go restart nuke, but then that cleaning has to come into play. Yeah. And I, and I, I want to touch on there real fast because I did a video, uh, we've all done videos on this, um, but somebody commented, you don't have to clean everything because I explained to them that I take my fans apart. I clean the blades off. I take my lights down. I wipe the top. Some, whoop, I'm sorry. I got a little excited, very passionate about this subject. I wipe the top of my lights down. I wipe. The, I take the AC filter down, man. In between the ducts, man. I gotta think, man. If I was a little bug, you know, if I was a little bug, where would I hide? Well, I'd hide somewhere where I would never be found. 
And what a great place to hide, you know, in the in the ducts in between your uh, a, uh, your AC infinity. Listen to me, just a mainstream cello. Your uh, your inline and your your duct work, you know, um, that that should be cleaned. That should be cleaned. Why wouldn't you? Why would why would you go through the effort of wiping down all the walls of your tent, cleaning all your pots? I throw mine in the wash because I use fabric pots, so I'm sure you'd clean them if they were fabric, what or uh, plastic. You know, I, I, why would you go through all the effort of doing all of that, but then not cleaning the stuff that's hanging above it all? You know what I mean? Like, I, it, it that makes no sense to me. So you gotta be like, it, it, you're you're playing a, a a game of roulette when you're playing with bugs. And I just think if you're gonna if you're not gonna clean something, that's just one spin of the chamber. You know, and is it the one? It might not be. It might not be. You could probably say, you know, I've gone 10 years, never had bugs, whatever. I, you know, I'm doing it right. Or you could, you could stay conscious or conscious and, you know, be prepared and run an IPM. I, I've only ever dealt with thrips and mites and they were relatively close to each other. It took about a year and a half to get through the entire thing. It was, it was freaking horrible. And I learned that I will not take shortcuts again. I will just do it right every time. And the, to do it right, it was a good, healthy, clean in-between harvests and, and an I, a regular IPM. Yeah, well, you got to think, too, about what your IPM would be. I think we should get specific on that. So in a case of thrips, I'd say say flying pests or even with mites, there's a lot of stuff that will be, I wouldn't say all-in-one, but can attack a lot of those at once. Versus other things, it seems like you need to get real specific. Mites, almost every natural thing seems like it keeps them at bay. Keeps them, uh, so they're not really destroying your plants. And I'd say even when the, the paid pesticides, but you got to go really fucking hard. You really have to work on your environment. Because it's uh -huh. like, well, you I'm kill them you on your that. plants, or you, you hurt them, unless you're killing the eggs for one, or you're thoroughly cleaning the space in your room, you're just taking care of one line of of uh, attack so to speak because it'll just kind of keep coming you may not hit every single part of that plant like you have to take it out and spray it down i'll use like dr zymes is a good one or you could use like jadam wedding agent that's another decent just for preventative or potentially killing them but you want to like suffocate them and, and kill them off and if you don't have an area where you could spray top bottom side to side everything thoroughly like let's say you're in trellis and you know, four by four you're essentially just combating it. You're not necessarily eradicating these things. And then you're going to deal with it towards the end of flower when you can't really spray shit. It becomes an issue. So like I usually myself will try to make sure I don't even get into flower before I know my plants are thoroughly good. I'll literally check each part of the leaf. I'll like I'll spend hours before I go into flower because I just want to make sure because I'm not spraying once I get into flower. I don't want to risk any bullshit. Especially after like week two or three, once I start getting some actual bud sites growing and it gets to the point where I'm, I'm worried about, you know, potentially getting mold or something on my flower, you know, get bud rot by spraying and, and, and contaminating potentially with any sort of pesticide. So how do you guys usually combat with the IPM? Do you go with the heavy, heavy spray before you go into it or you just kind of attack it as you go? Similar to what Pigeon does where I rotate around, do a spray every single week. Uh, I do still use neem. So, uh, neem oil, I use that captain Jack's pretty recently, but if you look at the actual label, you gotta be careful because it's like 1% neem and then 99% other ingredients. So it's like, uh, okay. Or you can just pick up neem. Uh, like I'm looking on Amazon right now, organic neem bliss, hundred percent pure cold pressed neem seed oil. There's a high acid reacting content in that. Um, so using that, it's more pure. 
you know, versus buying something like a Captain's Jacks. Uh, but most recently, I've been battling fungus gnats, which I talked a little bit about earlier too. But a couple things that I didn't think of to mention was the diatomaceous earth. A lot of people are using that. They're mixing it in their soil or they're doing some sort of top dressing and kind of scattering things down. Um, and then that way, that'll kind of help kill off the fungus gnats. What was the other thing I was thinking of? Oh, BT. I think it's a bacillus. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce the other thing, but that actually it's, yeah. a, it's a bacteria that's going to eat away at the larva. So um, that's another thing. I've been using mosquito bits, using that, uh, you know, and doing it as a soil drench in there. So it's basically BT bacteria going down into the medium. So it's a microbe. And uh, so those two things have definitely been helping. I even tried doing the, um, I don't know if you guys have tried like hydrogen peroxide or alcohol. So hydrogen peroxide, some people do like a one to four, I think is generally. Some people do one to two ratio of water to hydrogen peroxide. I think it's like the 3% hydrogen peroxide, the ones you, you, you use. Um, but diluting that down and then spraying to try to kill off mites and fungus gnats, that didn't really help me that much. I used it a couple times and like the mite po- didn't look like the fungus gnat population was going down. Apparently it goes after the larva. Not really like, it's not like a kill on contact type of solution. And same thing with the alcohol. The alcohol, I think, is a kill on contact with spider mites, but I don't think it does anything to the actual fungus gnats, at least my experience. So those two things I've tried pretty recently and they just didn't have great success on it. Now, I know this video is probably going to make it over to YouTube, but we're on Twitch right now. We record these live every week, if you don't know. Soon it'll be Tuesdays and Thursdays. Right now, just Thursdays, summertime, summertime. But holy shit. YSG just came in here swinging it, girl. Appreciate you for that gigantic raid. Wow, Azers. Damn, damn. But when it comes to sprays like that, I've got buddies who, who they go hard. They'll get some flying killer, like some sort of random thing from Home Depot. Anything that'll kill flying pests, they don't even look what's in it. And the thing is, is you don't want to use stuff that's not for consumables. And this is combustible. We're lighting shit on fire. So it could be totally different. We don't know how certain chemicals react once they're lit and if it'll transfer into our flower. When it comes to certain things, the best preventative methods are like predator mites or nematodes or things that are going to help in that sense. But if you've got a sterile environment or you're doing something, let's say hydroponics, you can't necessarily utilize shit like that. So that's when a spray does come into place or like monitoring your environment better. You know, what I've done before is I've, I've lowered my humidity dramatically. And I had my temperature a little bit lower too. And then I did a super high pH water spray in the room. And I, I don't think I killed the mites off, but I kept them at bay. So I didn't see them at all and throughout the rest of the flower. But the clones that I took from those ones still had some. So those ones I could spray a little heavier, take care of there. But I've done whole dunks before. I've taken the cut and just dip it right into, you know, a certain mix. Like again, Jadam is one or um, Dr. Zymes is one I've really been into lately. Something that's just more natural, you know? I, I think I like how you we mentioned like what to kind of use to conquer what um, the rips for me was one of the I don't know I felt like that was the easiest bug to ever deal with it was non-invasive meaning like well it was but I mean like it only ever like attacked the leaves and if you kept a big a big enough distraction in the garden I didn't have to worry about it and I would use um apple cider vinegar in a in a little in a little jar with saran wrap on it poke some holes in it kind of keep that saran wrap on with an elastic band it's actually a hair tie but um i would find that the thrips would go inside there and they would not go after the 
the plants as much. Once I started to get mites, phew, that all that went out the window. Mites are so aggressive. They're so uh, invasive. They will destroy your plants in terms, and mainly only be in, in uh, it's the webs that does it the most. Um, now, don't get me wrong. They discrete or discrete, no, defecate. There we go. All over your plants. Um, I think that's the right term. They shit all over your plants. I'm sorry, <laughs> I got that wrong. Um, and that that's an issue uh, for for mites. I, I I battled them through multiple harvests. Uh, everything from trying to vacuum them off the damn buds to uh, spray everything. Tried to spray uh, you name it. It was so rough. And finally, the only way I could do it was to. I took everything down and that was one of those massive cleans where I went from having my big open garden to confined, very, very isolated tents and having isolated environments not exposed to the rest of my house made a massive difference. And never again did I ever have an issue with a bug, but I will still continuously every three weeks do a spray, do a spray. Um, and I don't do them on like right away on seedlings. I tend to reserve that for like the week three of the of the veg. I'll be coming right up on that right away, um, and then from there on, every three weeks, alternating between those three items. That's uh, honestly that's one of the best ways to do it. Like it's another bro science thing, but like zombie bites, you know, bites can get used to or pests mm -hmm. in general. They can get used to the initial attacks. So they to do. Speak. Yeah, and it's it's you know I've seen people who will use. Um, you remember Mighty Wash? And I was just Mighty. Mm -hmm. And that shit, oh, yeah. pink stuff. Yeah. It's 99% water. Okay. 0.5% pink dye and 0.5%, I think, like, not rosemary, some sort of oil. But there's a lot of uh, things like that that I feel like, again, those are those keep them at bay preventative measures, you know? And it's, it's, those are cool if you don't have any issues. But once you do, there's so many fucking things that, so many variables that come into play. Like we said, it's crazy that you've got, to take into consideration. And I just really do think that, that monitoring or maintaining your environment is just number one, because like, if you make it uncomfortable for these pests to live, they're not going to do as well. I had, uh, I was buying soil for a while. I can't remember. It was a Michigan made blend. It was some sort of kind of like halfway organic mix, but I kept getting root aphids in there. Fucking always, man, constantly. And they were these winged root aphids. And I thought they were gnats at first. I just couldn't figure out what it was. And the only way I was able to change it up was I had to change my media. They they didn't thrive in cocoa nearly as much. They just didn't. They had nowhere to like live. It was very, uh, uh, it's inert. You know, there was nothing there. So there's no life. There's no bacteria for them to thrive in. And so just changing that right there totally eradicated that. The problem is then you change how you grow. So some people, they'll swear by sterile environments. They'll just do either hydroponic, keeping it clean like that, or then they'll do full organic so they've got nature fighting for you. Those are, I feel like, the easiest ways to just have the environment or your garden work for you versus working against it. And it really makes it so you have to, you do less work in that area. I feel like I've set myself up for, for failure before doing certain things, especially taking in clones, taking in cuts from people, bringing people into the garden. Um, just not being intelligent in my approach. And so once my environment was more dialed in and I was thinking more consciously in terms of that, I haven't dealt with shit other than just recently when I was out of town. And that was my fault for not paying attention to the processes. It's crazy that us, us three, we've had such different experiences with IPM and there's, there's just so many pests out there and so many different ways to go about it. I mean, I feel like we're kind of all over the place in this episode a little bit, just 
throwing out solutions and what we do and all that stuff. It's really, it's, it's a battle, you know, it's, there's not just one way to kind of go about it. I recently just picked up some mammoth can control. I don't know if you've heard about oh, that. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard they changed their formula too. Did they? Okay. Yeah, yeah so I just before picked that it was, up. I think, a corn oil or something that they used. It was a little different. I hated the smell, but it was still really effective, but it, the shelf life wasn't as good. I had samples that were bad at a certain point, but then talking with Pierce, shout out Pierce from them, and that stuff, while it's expensive, that's probably one of the best on the market right now in terms of IPM, in the, like safe-wise. Seemingly both, depending on how much oh. you go with it. You can start, oh. you can do low dose or higher dose. Yeah, the mammoth, you go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, the mammoth candy control. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I, I'm waiting for, for it to come in the mail. I just heard so much good things about it. But it says corn oil, thyme oil are the active ingredients, and then inert ingredients, oflic oil. I'm pronouncing, I'm butchering that. But uh, but something else there. But I've heard a lot of good stuff. It was only 20 bucks for this one. So 250 milliliters. I don't know if they lowered the price or what, but... I know they were expensive before, and uh, yeah, I'm eager to see how this turns it turns out. It says uh, 3x more powerful, so that's probably the new formula that Robin mentioned. Eliminates mites. It says eliminates, so this might actually work to not only yeah. be preventative, but um, actually killing them off. Mites, I'm skeptical. PM. Yeah, me too. Of course, because I, I would I would say eliminates too if I eliminated the possibility oh, the of chance. Mites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be that. It could be that wording. It says eliminate mites, PM, thrips, fungus gnats, aphids, and white flies. So we'll see. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, you know, is, is uh, companion plants. I keep forgetting the name of mine. It's a certain kind of orchid, actually. Um, I use one. It's for flying insects. So, like, basically, it works kind of like a uh, Venus flytrap in the sense that it eats on pests. You don't got to feed it. You just give it water. But it they stick to it. So there's like an aroma that attracts these, any flying bugs to it. And it'll just eat those. It's crazy, man. Like it'll dissolve on the plant. Yeah. I, I've got a video on seal TV that talks a little bit about it, but pretty fucking stoned and my kids are distracting me. So I forgot, uh, forgot the name, oh, right. but it's a good That's one. A right. There's a lot of different companion plants that you can deal with that can help in terms of just, again, nature taking care of it for you. There's a lot of natural remedies, but once you're already there and it's already taken over your garden, eesh, somebody difficult. Someone mentioned to me one time, throw a mango plant in there because I guess the mango, I don't know, which will distract the bugs from the, from the weed. And I just thought fucking nasty. You know, you're introducing just another variable for bugs to attract to rather, you know, is it really, you know, I guess, you know, is it, is it any better? I don't know. You know, it's like mangoes would bring on its own bug. No, I don't know. Maybe, what do I know? But uh, no name in, in the Twitch chat uh, reminded me, you know, what's important is uh, routine can help a lot too, you know. Um, personally, when I do any gardening, it's, it's first thing in the morning. You know, I, I don't, I get out of bed, may or may not shower, let your imagination take over there, but then it's straight it to the bats. garden. I bathe, nick it. Uh, yeah, no, I wear shorts in my own bathtub at home. Uh, that's just weird, huh? Isn't that what like a, a serial killer would uh, say? Yeah. <laughs> Depending, yeah. basketball shorts, that's just drip. Anyways, uh, you know, get up, go straight to the basement, go to the garden, do all my work, you know, uh, whether you're naked or not, I'm a huge fan of naked gardening, gardening. Um, so that way you're not trekking in anything from outdoors. You're not, you're not coming, you know, then it's out to the yard, you know, and then I go outside because anything that you're bringing in from outside is coming into your house, right? So 
negate that by working in the garden first thing in the morning before you do anything else. Yeah, before you shower or anything. That that's a problem too. Is so I like outdoor plants too, not just herb, but like you know vegetables. I like to have a good salsa. I'm still waiting on wings salsa he told me about, but he screwed that up this season. Ate it all last year too. Wink last year too. That's fucked. I bring you organics. You bring me nothing. That's okay. That's okay. So, anyways, I like to do that myself. I like to to have things outside. The issue is outside can come inside, and this is when you're walking up and you look and you say, "Oh shit!" I go there, move this plant, and then you continue walking into the garden. You don't even think. It's like that's that routine. If your routine is set up where you know that this day, this day, this day, you're dealing with your outdoor side of garden. We'll make sure either you do your inside first. Or you shower after, clean yourself, you know, make sure you're good before you go in. It may seem crazy, but I'm telling you, it's better to be safe than sorry. Then you don't have to worry about sprays. You don't have to worry about any of that shit. If you just keep it clean and you're good, that's really the key thing. Start from seed, uh, you know, don't get shit from other people. And it, it sounds crazy, but it's the easiest way to avoid this stuff, man. Preventative measures, I think, are the best way to avoid any pests, you know, any disease, any issue. Agreed. Well, you may as well avoid it before you got to deal with it, right? <laughs> like, not why not? You know? yeah. It's not fun, and it's going to take a lot of a lot of effort to to battle it. And a wise man once told me it's it's not a matter of if you have bugs; it's a matter of when. Okay, and and that mindset will 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 really change a lot for you going forward. You will suffer from bugs if you haven't been yet, or if you haven't yet. You know, just be be thankful. You know, you've you've made it this far without an issue, you know, um, but going forward, you know, being not paranoid, but aware is cautious. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, boys, I think we should smoke about it. I've got this young brewski that's sitting here just getting, you know, you've really been looking at me aggressively. So if you're over on YouTube, we appreciate you. Much love. You should be over here on Twitch every week, Thursdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard. The other times you better figure it out yourself because I only care about my time. Much love, everybody. <laughs> For <laughs> from the stash, it's your boy Robin Seal DB and other shows. Mr. Grow It, aka Chris, Pigeon 420, and Wink on the ones and twos. We're gonna smoke with you on Twitch. Stay lifted. Peace.